This podcast is brought to you by Loot Crate. Loot Crate delivers the best in geek and gaming gear. From collectibles, apparel, and tech gadgets to art and other epic gear, it's like having Comic-Con in a box. Loot Crate also features individual subscription boxes for gaming, anime, Marvel, and WWE fans, and plans begin at just $24.99 a month. So head on over to cinemageekly.com slash lootcrate, or click the support us link in the show notes for this episode. Listening to a podcast from the Cinema Geekly Podcast Network. We're the geeks you deserve and the ones you need right now. Episode of Podcasters of Shield, the Cinema Geekly's Marvel Podcast. It is Anthony and Aurora, and we are back to talk about the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Uh, still feels weird to not be talking about WandaVision. I literally like after this first episode ended, I was like, I miss WandaVision. Yeah, <laughs> me too. Not uh, not to say that this was bad. It's just I miss WandaVision. Uh, yeah, I mean. There are things to discuss. Yes. Things that I was not expecting to discuss uh, mm-hmm. in this episode. There are a couple of things. Like superhero living wages? Yes. Or <laughs> or more mental health discussion, which yes. I am all here for. Yes. Um, and, and look, no offense to to like the the DC things. I just watched, uh, by the way, I just watched the Zack Snyder Justice League, the four mm. four hours, Aurora, of Justice League. Was it worth it? Um, you know what? It was way better than the theatrical version of the movie. Like way better. Uh mm. and I I think it might be like my second favorite DC movie behind the first Wonder Woman. Uh, okay. which is bizarre to say because I'm not a big Zack Snyder fan. Uh, I didn't really like his, I thought a Superman movie was okay. I hated Batman V Superman mm-hmm. and he didn't really have a lot to do with the first justice league. I mean, he did, but then Joss Whedon came in and the studio it's unbelievable actually watching what the studio did to that movie versus what the now granted the four hour thing that's on HBO right now that would not have been released in theaters it would have been a cut down version of that right 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 but some of the things and story elements that he had in place for that movie that they removed I don't know what they were thinking removing them at yeah, all it makes you it makes you wonder you know when you you see the final product and you wonder mm-hmm. you know like watching something like that you wonder how different other movies would be yes happen 
especially yeah. movies that weren't that good. Like now I'm thinking about like Suicide Squad. Well, yes, like what would Suicide Squad <laughs> have looked like had it not been all chopped up? Um, right. There are things like just yeah. Look, this isn't the DC podcast. We don't even have one of those anymore. Um, but that being said, uh, it was uh, way better than I expected. Uh, it. I had a very low bar going in, but it blew me away. I thought it was mm-hmm. quite good. Um, I don't even know how we got on that uh, got on that conversation, Aurora. Um, <laughs> but, oh no, yeah, talking about, okay, yeah, I was going to say with DC, um, they don't really talk about stuff like that. Um, right. Like what this show started dealing with. Now, granted, the movies don't really touch on these things, the, Mar- the MCU movies, as a whole don't really touch on these things, but that's why I think including these TV shows into phase four is so brilliant because we get deeper character dives. Mm-hmm. Um, like right. I'm hoping this show will do for Sam and Bucky what WandaVision did for Wanda. Mm-hmm. Um, like she's like a top tier favorite of mine now. Like, I'm dying to find out what happens next with her. And I hope the show can do something similar. And it raised some interesting topics. So Mm -hmm. uh, let's dive into it. The first episode, episode one, called New World Order. And we begin six months after Half of Life returned from the blip or the snappening, if you will. Um, And Sam Wilson, a.k.a. The Falcon, is doing some contract work for the United States Air Force. And he stops George Batrock, which um, is actually a minor character played by MMA fighter George St. Pierre, who was in Captain America, the Winter Soldier. So at the very beginning of that movie, um, that movie begins with Cap and Black Widow and some S.H.I.E.L.D. agents infiltrating this ship out in the middle of the ocean and there's a lot of fighting and there's one guy that cap fights that sort of keeps up with them a little bit but then cap eventually kicks his butt that is this guy george Mm -hmm. batrock so interesting that they brought um him uh back but that seems to be a thing that they do in these marvel shows um he's the either the leader of or part of the terrorist group laf they've hijacked a plane and taken an air force member hostage With support from First Lieutenant Joaquin Torres, Wilson, who has been given the mantle of Captain America by Steve Rogers, struggles with the idea and decides to give Rogers' shield to the United States government for a museum display. Meanwhile, Bucky Barnes, who was recently pardoned by the government, attends a government-mandated therapy session. He discusses his attempts to make amends for his time as the brainwashed assassin the Winter Soldier. Torres, meanwhile, investigates another terrorist group called the Flag Smashers, who believe that life was better during the blip. Torres is injured by a member of the group who appears to have superhuman strength when he sees them rob a bank in Switzerland, and he informs Wilson, who has been attempting this time uh, during this whole time to try to help his reluctant sister Sarah with their family business in Delacroix, Louisiana. The end of the episode occurs when she turns on the TV uh, for Sam and he watches uh, the same government official that accepted Cap's shield from him to put into the museum display uh, as he announces a new Captain America, John Walker. 
So yes, a lot of things, uh, things that are not specifically touched on in detail here in this paragraph, but uh, what were your thoughts on episode one? Well, okay. <laughs> let's, let's, let's get this out of the way. It's a lot to unpack, uh, but yes. A lot to unpack, but I I saw that there was a lot of discussion on Twitter mm-hmm. about, like, there were people that were in two camps. There were mm-hmm. people that were saying, how, how did Tony Stark didn't pay the Avengers money? Yes. And then there were people defending Tony Stark saying that's not his job. He provided, like, equipment and, you mm-hmm. know... Uh, a place for them to be in and like, yes. he, he he funded a lot of things but he just didn't pay them a salary mm-hmm. and um, I was looking at that I was reading all that all that discussion and I was like how did did I never think about this like mm-hmm. I never thought about who pays superheroes yes it's Be- um, you would think it would be the government. Okay, so all of this, and I already have a theory for this. Okay. And uh, forgive me for saying this or for being so bold, but mm-hmm. I feel like it's pretty ironclad, my theory about why okay. um, Sam is not rolling in the dough. Um, first, let's let's set this let's set the stage a little bit. So um Sam's sister runs a fishing business it's in their mm-hmm. the family business while he was off in the military and then eventually mm-hmm. running into Steve Rogers and getting the Falcon flight suit thingy and becoming an Avenger. Right. Um, now, in this episode, she is struggling. She's going to sell the boat that's been in their family this whole time. Um, and... Uh, it's got like her parents' name on it and stuff. He doesn't want them to sell it. He wants to get a loan to help them rebuild, right? Which is and, crazy. Like the idea of a superhero mm-hmm. <laughs> playing for a loan. It's yes. crazy to me, but okay. Uh-huh. And <laughs> before we talk about the larger thing surrounding this, mm-hmm. because uh, this show is clearly going to be talking about systemic racism. and. Yes. I can't wait for them to talk about it more, but Mm -hmm. it's clear that that's where they're going. And we'll talk about that a little bit more, but onto my theory as to why Sam isn't just like, here, let me pull out $5 million that I have in my back pocket because I'm an Mm -hmm. Avenger. Um, My theory is that most of the Avengers do have money, Um, but that money isn't necessarily their object. As Sam notes when he talks Mm -hmm. to the, when Sam talks to the banker, He's like, it, he made it kind of clear that they're not really in it for the money, and nor should they. They're superheroes, but they do need to make a living of some sort. So yes. uh, I feel like everything was probably going sort of A-OK until Captain America, Civil War, and the Sokovia Accords, which is uh, a global like list of rules for superheroes. And Sam found himself on the other side of those accords. He sided with Captain America. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Those people were very famously on the run from the yeah, government. Yeah, Many right. of them mm-hmm. were locked up until Cap broke them out of of right, the shield, right. um, the shield prison or whatever. They were on the run all the way up through Infinity War. So if they were getting paid either through Tony Stark, who Tony Stark sided with the Sokovia Accords, or Mm -hmm. if they were getting money from the government or from the United Nations or whomever it was, um, Sam almost certainly wouldn't be getting any of that money because he was a fugitive on the run. Yeah, Yeah, Uh, And 
he didn't show up until Infinity War. And mm-hmm. sure, he did great during Infinity War, but then he sort of got snapped out of existence for five years and then right. was brought back. So it makes sense that he doesn't have a bunch of money. Um, yeah. And you're right. I mean, if you think about the each member of the Avengers, like most of them have a side job. Mm-hmm. Like Tony Stark was rich already. Yeah, but, um, he, he, he was an industrialist. Um, right. And, and you know, Hulk is a scientist and sure. Natasha is a spy and yeah. uh, Thor uh, is just a god. <laughs> Yeah, oh, Thor doesn't. <laughs> Thor has no need for our mortal monies. No need. Yeah, um, um, I would imagine Hawkeye. Um, I mean, Hawkeye was in. He with, had a pretty nice house. Yeah, I mean, well, he was in with Shield, right? He, um, I think so. Yeah, 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 yeah. He was with Shield. Yeah, and I would imagine that he's probably saved a, a, a good chunk of change. Um, Sam mm-hmm. was just a soldier, um, right. and he lived in a pretty modest home when we met him in Captain America: yeah. the, the Winter Soldier, I believe. Um, yeah, and Black Panther, because you know, has money too. Royalty, so yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, I I feel like in most cases they were probably provided for if they were on the side of the Sokovia Accords. Um, mm-hmm. They were modestly provided for, which would explain why Vision and Wanda were going to move to Westview, New Jersey, uh, <laughs> and not like you know Palm Beach or something. Right. I mean, at least Wanda has the power of just creating her own. <laughs> True. I mean, she could have just done that, I suppose. Well, I guess she didn't really realize it at the time. But I mean, but that sort of that sort of, I think, is a good ironclad explainer as to why Sam isn't just yeah, super that, that rich. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes he's, sense. He's doing these this contract work for the United States Air Force. He's probably since been pardoned for being a hero, uh, the battle to save like half of all life in the universe. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure he's been pardoned, but he may not necessarily be rolling in the money. Um, yeah. But he is doing a mission at the beginning of the yeah for the Air the Force episode, and right and he did mention to the banker that he has army contracts, which right. shows that he has right. income. But um, then you know after he finishes that mission, he is on the ground and he's sitting at this little cafe and he's fixing himself like the the wings. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wait. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Why don't you have like people fixing that for you? I mean, there's no time. I mean, you think normally like Tony would be doing it or. Right. Um, but I feel like, you know, if you're using him in the Air Force to yeah. do a mission and his equipment gets damaged, I I, I don't know. I feel like. Well, I mean, they're the Air Force. Like they, they don't have Stark tech or whatever. So which mm-hmm. I presume like all of Sam's gear now is like Stark upgraded. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. We don't know anything about like Stark Tech or anything after the fact. Like what's mm-hmm. become of that company or anything. It's, it was not really touched on after the snap. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I did. I did laugh when um, he goes back to visit his sister, mm-hmm. and they're at the you know near the boat. Yep. And you hear in the background like an older gentleman saying, "Where? Are you, when are you going to like let me borrow the wings?" <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, as soon as you give my sister back that hundred dollars you owe her, he's really funny. Um, I like, I like him. I like him quite a bit. Um, yeah. This and the stuff with Bucky would be the same. Bucky wasn't even a hero until no, after yeah. Infinity War and stuff. Mm-hmm. He would have still been on the on the run as well. Uh, yeah. I like that they talk a lot about Bucky's mental health problems. Mm-hmm. Um, I, that he talks about how he really only had peace when he was in 
Wakanda, Wakanda. but mm-hmm. that most of his life had been moving on from one war to the next war and yeah. that he's like over a hundred years old. Um, and he has nightmares about being the winter soldier and taking lives. And we learn in this episode that there's an, an older gentleman that he befriends because he's trying to make amends to him because he killed his son on right. one of his missions and he feels awful about it and can never bring himself to tell this guy. Um, so he's just sort of befriending him. And this guy, oh my God, he's the sweetest. He sets Bucky up on a date uh, <laughs> with a bartender. <laughs> and Bucky goes on this date and they play Battleship. Mm-hmm. And it's so adorable. Um, but um, like she starts talking about this guy's son and... Bucky kind of gets, I don't know if he gets anxiety or PTSD, but he has to like, he has to leave. get up and leave. Yeah. yeah. Like he's, he's struggling quite a bit. Um, mm-hmm. Sam and Bucky don't even meet in this episode. Um, but his therapist does note that he gets a bunch of texts from Sam that he ignores. Like he's his not therapist is tough. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. She is uh, like tough love. Yeah. She's therapist. not taking, she's not taking any shit. Yeah. No. She um, even like takes his phone and goes through it, and she's like, "You know, you have not talked talk to anybody except me." That's pathetic. That's really sad. She's like, "That's really sad." Um, um, but like Bucky doesn't know how to live his life. No. Um, I mean, it has to be insane to be like to come back like that, and mm-hmm. like he even I I like the uh, the scene when he's talking to the bartender and he's talk he's talking about you know he tried the online dating thing and it yeah. didn't work for him and I was like it's crazy to think about the winter right? soldier being on tinder right <laughs> he's talking about how like people have pictures of themselves with tigers uh, that was funny um, I'm trying to like it's it's almost impossible to put yourself in the character's shoes because um, I remember the last time Bucky was on a date was in Captain America the first Avenger when he took little scrawny Steve Rogers uh, they went to the, the oh, World's yeah, Fair yeah, yeah. to see the Stark Expo um, and all that stuff. Uh, like, that was the last time Bucky was on a date. Mm-hmm. And, like, you've got somebody like Sam who got snapped out of existence. And, like, he's like, I came back and my nephews are like little guys. Like, mm-hmm. they were, you know, babies or whatever when I left. Um, but Bucky, for him, like it was you know he was on that train with captain america and got flung off and thought he was dead but he was captured by hydra and they basically brainwashed him he basically sort of didn't exist as himself for you know like a hundred years practically and you know does not know how to live a life and if you were to live a life what would he even do he doesn't even have the faintest idea of what he wants to do it's yeah. uh really like i think that's really fascinating like mm-hmm. more than the action there was a lot of action in this episode and i thought it looked cool it looked like cinematic quality action and stuff um so all of that stuff looked cool but i was way more in to the the character stuff yeah and we should probably talk about how this show is going to be dealing with systemic racism because uh, mm-hmm. Boy, is it ever. Um, I guess let's start with the banker, because that's not the big reveal oh, in the episode. The hated uh, guy. The bank. Uh, <laughs> well, at first, Sam tries to use, like, 
he's like try I guess tries to use his personality or is not his personality but his fame I think mm-hmm. to sort of get the guy's attention and he's like oh man you're Falcon and he's like oh he takes like selfies and shit with him uh, yep. but then starts going on to be like eh, we kind of can't really like yeah I know your family he says something like your family's been banking with us for like a generation or right. whatever cent- like a century or something and he's like, but we can't afford, like, we can't approve your loan um, or whatever. And his, it was his sister that sort of makes the, like, oh, you can't give us a loan mm-hmm. line, something like that, to yeah. um, keying in on their skin color as opposed to um, anything else. Which, like, I don't know if in the real world... This would ne- like if this if the MCU is really our universe. Mm-hmm. I don't know if somebody as popular as an Avenger would ever get shut down for a loan just because of their fame and celebrity. Right. Um, but for the purposes of this show uh, and the situation that they set up, um, I think number one, it, it very much humanizes them, which mm-hmm. is always a good thing. I think. Uh, I'd rather my superheroes be more relatable than be more godlike. Yes. Um, which, you know, is a thing that they've also done with Thor, who is a god, but they've mm-hmm. done their best to make him much more relatable. And I think they've done an excellent job of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and and they did, you know, if you look, you look back at Luke Cage, right? Like they did oh, yeah. a really good job at you know, oh, exploring, yeah. exploring themes of racism and yes. you know, discrimination while at the same time, you know, looking at a superhero that's black and mm-hmm. he's humanizing him as well. And, yeah. Um, so, yeah, hopefully there was they, a- they do something similar with like they did with Luke Cage where they explored it in a way that just makes, mm-hmm. like you said, the character relatable. A ton was focused in on this episode about him giving up the shield that uh, old man Cap oh, gave him at the end yeah. of Endgame. Uh, in fact, that's what the episode begins with is him remembering, you know, Cap telling him that... Mm-hmm. You know, the shield doesn't belong to anybody else. It belongs to him. Um, but he doesn't feel like he can live up to that status. Right. And I feel like he does want to give the shield to the government, but it also feels like the guy at the museum, the government officials, like, you made the right choice or whatever. Um, and that guy turned into an asshole real fast. Uh, but um, there was a cameo in this episode by Don Cheadle as Rhodey, uh, mm-hmm. War Machine, um, who was like, why did you give up the shield? Um, yeah. And later on at the end of this episode, when they reveal that there is a new government-sponsored Captain America, it just smacked of racism more than way more than the banker so, did. So do you have uh, any information about this? Like, who's this guy? I do. Uh, he's in the okay. comics. Um, he was he was Captain America for a short time in the comics, but he was otherwise known as U.S. Agent um, in the comics, and okay. sometimes good, sometimes bad. Um, I don't know if he's going to be super power enhanced. Although, based on the closing credits for the show, they showed like things that sort of looked like the vials of super soldier serum from the first right. Captain America movie. So mm-hmm. I'm presuming that he's probably enhanced. Um, it felt really weird to see someone else 
with a Captain America. Yes. And the way he was introduced was basically like it, it just had pangs of like, you know, making America great again. Yeah. A superhero we can all that represents all of us. Mm-hmm. And this was after Sam gave them the shield to put in it. Now, the key is that he gave them that to put into a thing to memorialize Steve. Right. And it's like, okay, he's gone. And then they opened it and took the shield out and like, we're going to give it to this new kind of so disrespectful kind of a Steve Rogers esque looking dude. Um, most importantly, though, he's okay, a white listen. guy. <laughs> well, no, he doesn't look like Steve Rogers. He does not look no. like Chris Evans. <laughs> uh, actually, somebody pointed out that he looks like um, Carl Fredrickson from Up uh, <laughs> <laughs> with a Captain America helmet on. Um, he does look like him. It is the son of, oh, God, what's his name? Um, shit, why am I blanking on him? Um, he was uh, Star-Lord's dad in the second Guardians of the Galaxy movie. Um, I'm blanking oh, on him. Uh, Kirk Russell? Uh, yeah, it's his son who is playing oh, really? John Walker. Yes. Um, so, yes, uh, David Russell was his name, maybe? Um, I, I don't recall off the top of my head, but yeah, he's playing John Walker. Um, but yeah, it just sort of felt like you aren't the right Captain America. No. People can't relate to you, but they can relate to John Walker, uh, which also has the benefit of being a very kind of white guy sounding name uh, too. Um, But it really feels like they're going to be touching on like those elements of, of racism, not like out and out black people are inferior type racism, but this really felt like, you know, we need a government-sponsored superhero. Yeah, and, I wonder if they're yeah. going to like, ex, you know, show like the the public, mm-hmm. re, the public's reaction to this new Captain America because yeah. everybody knows that Captain America was crucial in, you know, saving the world. Yes, right. Well, I mean, I so, feel like I wouldn't be surprised to see people because nobody knows the story. Presumably, that Cap passed on the shield to Sam. Um, right. I presume that that's not a what I, in fact, I think it's not widely known what even happened to Captain America. It's just that he's gone or that he mm-hmm. didn't survive Endgame or whatever um, the case may be. I feel like that's not particularly well-known information. So I'm guessing the public, my feeling Aurora is that the public will be like, yay is my guess. Oh no. Um, because I feel like that's sort of, I don't know. Um, the unfortunate thing for the show is that the tra- the recent trailer for this, you know, gives it away that Sam's going to end up with this, the shield. And obviously, I guess we could probably all tell that anyway. Uh, mm-hmm. The story is going to be how we get there. But it does seem like by the end of the show, he is going to embrace um, being Captain America. And I think um, probably with Bucky's help as well, because I think mm-hmm. that's the heartbreaking thing about this is that Cap chose him to do it. Right. Um, now, like, yes, he doesn't feel like he can live up to it, but I feel like Cap's wishes should be honored because he's mm-hmm. Captain America. But yeah. Um, yeah, I feel like that's where the show is headed. But I'm, I'm curious to know if you have any final thoughts, any theories about the Flag Smashers who appear to have superhuman abilities. Some people think they are mutants. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. There is that whole mutant theory. Mm-hmm. about uh three snaps happening on earth 
to uh, um, a lot of radiation expelled from using all of those stones could have activated latent, dormant uh, mutant genes in people. It could be a way to like have mutants in the MCU. Um, mm-hmm. So these could be mutants. Um, maybe they are people that are just government experimented on trying to make our own Captain America type things. Um, yeah. It could be those. Uh, it could be a thing during the blip. Where I like, mean, it looks like they're kind of like fighting the system, right? Like they a little bit, yeah. Well, yeah. Um, Joaquin Torres, who, by the way, in the comics, Joaquin Torres is the second person to become Falcon after original Falcon becomes Captain America. Mm-hmm. So, um, but he's talking about the Flag Smashers as sort of a group that doesn't sound all that evil. Right. He's like, they're really like a world without borders. Like everybody should come together and be one. I'm like, that mm-hmm. doesn't sound bad. Uh, <laughs> but it does sound like they're tearing Depends apart. Depends on what the, the goal is. <laughs> yeah. It does sound like they're ripping more at the system than they are at regular right. people. Right. But yeah. Um, any other thoughts uh, on episode one? Um, no, I mean, I was just going to say, I mean, like I said at the beginning, when I finished watching this episode, I was kind of like, oh, I miss WandaVision. And I think it's just because... Even though there's some similarities between the shows, it's this one feels very different from WandaVision. Like WandaVision was more like, I don't know, it started so much fun with the different shows and episodes and all that. Um, and it had like that level of mystery. Yes. Um, so this one feels a little bit more like straightforward, you know, Marvel type of show. Mm-hmm. Um, it reminded me more of like, you know, the beginning of like, Jessica Jones or Daredevil, um, where it's yeah. like kind of like setting up the 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 story. Where in One Division it was more like, "What is happening?" <laughs> <laughs> yes, um, yeah. So, but I'm excited to see what 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 comes next. This felt genuinely different, um, yeah. in a lot of ways. Like I feel like there is less to. There are definitely things to theorize about. Um, but I feel like this is going to be a lot more cohesive from one episode to the next, whereas WandaVision, you know, yeah, it kind of mm-hmm. dropped us in the middle of what's going on and then went back to explain. Like, I feel like this is going to be much more linear. Right. Um, and I am excited. I'm definitely excited to see more, um, especially since I thought this was going to be more generic action um, thriller stuff. But they are doing deeper character dive things and touching on stuff that I did not necessarily expect them to touch on. So that's got me excited. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I'm absolutely ready for the next episode. Um, I do sort of miss the all of the, what does this mean? What does this mean? What does this mean in WandaVision? Right. right. Um, there's a little bit of that here, but not nearly mm-hmm. as much. Right. Um, but I am excited to see the story they tell for sure. Um what would you give episode one? Uh, I'm going to give it a four. Okay. I went with a weird three and three quarters. Okay. I thought about giving it a four, but I'm like, yeah, okay, well, maybe we'll see. Maybe we'll see how this goes. Um, mm-hmm. The writer, I was watching an interview from one of the writers of this show on Nerdist, and he said there's going to be things that happen in episode two that will make you say, oh, they went there. So uh, that's got me excited. 
because I want things to go places, Aurora. Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm definitely excited to see this show go places mm-hmm. uh, and hopefully interesting and fun ones. Um, so, yeah. Uh, okay, uh, everybody, uh, that's a wrap for this episode. Head on over to cinemageekly.com where you can check out the archives of the show. And of course, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify. Just search for Podcasters of S.H.I.E.L.D., hit subscribe, and that way you can come back next time to hear us talk about more The Falcon and The Winter Soldier on Disney+. Plus. Talking about Episode 2, which of course has no title. <laughs> 